Hello, welcome to another episode of My Best 11 Podcast. Today we are joined by a goalkeeper from the States, who's joining us from the States, I believe, over in the west coast of the USA. Um, this man has played for a number of clubs. I didn't realize he started his career as a youth team player in Belgium um, with Club Bruges and worked his way around a number of clubs, which we'll get to um, at some point, but probably for myself and Marv, the time when we, when we I, I remember him and Marv knows him playing at Luton Town for a while, um, as well as a number of different spells at a number of clubs, including New England, um, Colorado Rapids um, and LA Salsa in the States um, and also received one cap. Now, look, one of the other crazy things we're going to ask actually and get into is his film credits. <laughs> which we will talk about a little bit later on. So watch your space for that. But um, hello, Ian Foyer. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm very good. good. Marv, how are you? I'm good. Andrew, um, looking forward to this episode. Show. Looking forward to this episode. Uh, um, a goalkeeper who I've played with and was very popular with the supporters and obviously the players ourselves. So this is going to be, and he's been already been chosen in a few teams my best 11 so it's gonna be a popular choice of um guest this week yeah i think so um and ian's obviously got a full american accent marv how long till you get how long till you sound more like ian i i have a i have a little well actually funny enough funny enough the girls always keep saying to me <clears throat> excuse me how's your american accent and i said i've got a great american accent they said well, go on then, go on then. So I always have it in my head because it's like cheeseburger and fries. So I yeah. go, here we go. Can I have a hamburger and some fries, please? And they went, where's that from? I thought that was pretty good, I said. They went, they start laughing and giggling. So no, I can't, I can't. I mean, I can't have an American accent. I can't do it. What, I can't. What's do your it. opinion on that accent, Ian? Shocking. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like he's that. from like, Kentucky or something like yes. Ah, you know what? That means how good it is because that's what I said to the girls. The girls said True. the girls said exactly the same thing. They go, "You sound like you're from Kentucky." So that yeah. so it's pretty good then. Like, if, if you're, you're going saying for it's from Kentucky, Kentucky accent, yeah, if you're going. The Kentucky, girls are saying I'm really from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. You're the wrong part of the states, Marv. You got to move. I think my English accent might be a little better than your uh, American <laughs> one, though. Do you want to have a go at that quickly little... before we get yeah, going in? Listen. He's oh, put I'm himself nice. forward now. Go, oh, go. I put myself oh. forward, mate. You know what I'm saying? You, you got what's the score? Three nil. Is it all right, mate? I'll things. So you just got to. You just got to change it every th to an s, and you're good. That's not yeah. bad, actually. That's and then bad. you live from, then you live in Luton because it's three nil, not three nil. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. We digress. So, um, those people who haven't listened to the pod so far, um, what Ian will do is go through his best 11 players he's ever set foot on a pitch with all the way throughout his career um, from club sides, including international as well. So, um, I know you spent a little bit of time as coach um, working with um, over in LA. Um, so, you might have had a bit of a uh, bit to do with management and coaching. What formation are you going for for your uh, My Best 11, Ian? Well, as a keeper, um, we don't like to get scored on, and we want clean sheets. So I was thinking of going with an eight-one-one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, in all honesty, I'm uh, I'm going old school. I like a, I like a simple four-four-two, but uh, it's very interchangeable, as you'll see as we move along. Because some of the players I have in here uh, don't follow rules, and they just kind of do what they want. So it, it, it starts as a four-four-two, and it ends up with whatever it is. 
<laughs> Excellent. Um, do you watch much football over in the States yourself? You keep you keeping up to date with it? With, um, it's all football? It's, yeah, the only league we can really watch is uh, the Premier League, which we actually, funny enough, probably get more games than you do uh, just because of the TV rights. Um, so the Premier League's easy to follow. It's tough to follow Luton in the championship unless it's streaming or that. Um, so, but I try to keep up as much as I can and, and, you know, see the scores and watch the highlights and all that stuff. And I keep in touch with some of the coaches and that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Excellent. So we'll get going. Goalkeeper. Have you picked yourself? This one's tough. Cause I mean, again, as a, as a keeper, I mean, I got so many, I could name in this. Um, Kelvin's up there. Um, he's, he was, he was one of the, guys I admired and, and we, we had a, obviously he was with me at Luton and I, I was with him at uh, Wimbledon and um, we got along great. We were great mates. And I think we had a great uh, uh, competition between us and he was just an amazing keeper, but I didn't go with Kelvin. I apologize, buddy. Um, the guy I went with, um, uh, so I'm supposed to give you guys hints, right? And you guys got to yeah, be international. Yes. Okay. Was he an international? Was he an international? Was he an international? An international. He was an international. Yes, and he comes from uh, near Moscow. Oh, and yeah, he um, he uh, was just an amazing goalkeeper, and uh, he um, he likes to drink uh, Czech beer, which is uh, a little hint there. Um, oh, that's yeah. I thought Russian. He, did he, did he, okay, did he come, did he, so did he his chant was he comes from near Moscow, but actually he didn't come from Moscow. Um, he came from a different. Uh, place that was actually closer to London than from Moscow, but his oh, so, it's, so it's not Dimitri Karin. This is going to be a tough one because I mean, that's it's, who it's I thought it was, a... Andrew. That's who I thought it was. It's not Dimitri Karin. No, no, no. That's no. who I thought no. it was. No. Uh, so he's Czech goalkeeper. Czech. Czech goalkeeper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Then I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, Pavel pretty... No, he 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 was, was he, a, he he played for a team I played for. And he was just invincible. He never got injured. He, even if he was injured, he's kept playing. Um, had an amazing game against Manchester United to stop Manchester United from winning the championship. And Blackburn won that year. I reckon we heard his name not too long ago. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I mean. I'm going to guess Ludic McCloscoe. There you go. Yeah. Was, there you go. <laughs> well done. So the, his chant, I don't know how the West Ham fans came up with it, but. I think somewhere someone said, are you from near Moscow? And I don't know what his answer was, but the chant was, he comes from near Moscow. He's Ludek McCloskow, blah, blah, blah. And um, but Football fans is, are so intelligent, aren't we? Oh, yeah. But what's funny is where he's from <laughs> is closer to London than it is to Moscow. So it was like a running joke, and they just kept with it. So Ludek was just – I had the honor of just – my first spell was with him and – I, I mean, the guy just was amazing. He was just invincible, steady, made the saves that he had to. Once Wall came up with the big one, and I was there for two seasons, sitting the bench. And I remember we played against Leeds, and he he cut his eye open and played on the next five minutes with a just ga- gushing eye. Halftime gets thirty stitches in his eye, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna get a game here. Nope, goes out, plays, gets man of the match, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, you know, so he, he was amazing. He was amazing. And you ask any West Ham fan, I think they're going to say the same, that he's up there in their top keepers of all time. You yourself, Ian, is um, a very, I mean, probably one of the tallest goalkeepers there is, but like, he was tall as well, wasn't he? What, you know? Yeah, he was, was? I'm 6'7". He was about 6'6". He was about 6'5", 6'6". Yeah, yeah. 
I just he was just a beat like just built his I mean he had he had abs like that came out like a Aquaman, you know what I mean? It was just ridiculous. So um and we got along great. He 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 mentored me, I was his roommate, and uh he was a great guy, good example of uh professional. So with him being goalkeeper and you being obviously there's only one place on the pitch for them, um, is this the type of position that a little bit in the back of your mind you think I kind of wish I didn't play with as many good goalkeepers because then I'd have got more games. You know, in that kind of slightly selfish way. Yeah, I, I it, it's funny you ask that because I had um, one cap for the national team where I played. I had a bunch of caps where I sat the bench. Um, so, but I'm looking at the keepers in front of me, and I got Brad Friedel and Casey Keller. I'm like, man, I can't go and knock on the door of the manager and say you got to play me. These guys are amazing. So I kind of had a little bit. If I was a little bit later, I would have been in between that Keller and, and, and Tim Howard gap. I might have got more more caps or a little bit earlier. I might have got more caps. But, you know, I was in a position where I got to teams where there were some amazing keepers. And, you know, I got into there where, where there's Ludo McClosco and I'm like, OK, he's, he's a stalwart. You know, he's not coming out. And with the national team as well, it was just, uh, you know, tough timing. But, you know, again, no regrets. I mean, you know, I did I did everything I wanted to in football and, and, and then some. So, but, yeah, I could have probably had a lot more caps. If I didn't have two of America's greatest goalkeepers ever uh, in front of me. And the same with West Ham. I mean, when I was with West Ham, I mean, I was also unfortunate with, uh, with injuries. I, I had um, – we went on this uh, – uh, after my first season, we went on an end-of-season tour to, uh, to Australia – and I played all the games because Ludo took a break. He played every game during the season. And um, I played really well. And I remember Harry Redknapp came up to me in preseason and goes, look, I really want you to be pushing Ludo this year. I want to get you some games. Um, you deserve it. You've held your own. He goes, if it wasn't Ludo, he said, you probably would have already had about 10 games under your belt. And I was like, all right, let's do this. You know, that day we go out to training. I played, we're playing a small sided game. Defender collides with me, backs into me broke my hand and that's when I came back from injury and then I went to Luton Town so when I came back from that injury is when I came to uh, Luton Town to get some games and then obviously that's when I you know played signed for Luton so yeah you know sometimes so it has to be a bit of luck as well so there's, yeah, a, there's a large amount of luck 100 percent just to yeah. add on to Andrew's question there I think probably the goalkeeper's position is the the only position where they have this code where it's the goalkeeper's union. And I don't think they would wish bad or, or let a goal go in through someone's leg. I mean, it's the only position on the field. I think Ian, you'd probably agree that, I mean, I'm not saying that I would like want someone to like do bad in the team, but you're always looking for maybe, Oh, if he doesn't play so well, maybe I'll get a chance. And it's with the goalkeepers. I just feel there's always been a difference or like code of like, well, you know, if he's effed up, I'm, I'm there. Ian's there to put his arm around him. But at the same time, I mean, it's not a case of him wishing that to happen. No. And like I said, every keeper I've played with, there's, there's, there was a camaraderie, camaraderie that we had because we know what we go through. You know, it's like that feeling, you know, as a, as a player. And I'm, listen, every, every position is important. Every position has its, has its things. As a keeper, when you make a mistake, everything stops. And you look up, and if you're playing away from home, the whole stadium's going nuts. If you're playing at home, you're hearing the, you know, the F-bombs and the, and the whole thing. Everything stops. And you have this moment where you got to think about it. And the ball goes back to halfway line and you're thinking about it. And then as you get older, you learn to like 
switch it off. But as younger keepers, it's tough. And, you know, so we kind of know what we go through. You know, we, we train during the week. You know, we're out there early. We're catching a million balls to maybe catch two over the weekend because we just have to be that precise. So, I mean, you know, your usual, you know, start or chance to play is through a red card and injury or lack of form, you know. So, you know, that'll happen the way it's supposed to happen. But you kind of never you never wish that on anybody. And, you know, like I said, it's just because we know what we go through and it's, it's a tough position, you know. Unlike yeah. strikers who are a slightly different breed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get yeah. on to that. So, um, defence, uh, we'll start off from right back. So, let's see okay. how we go. Same as again. Let's see if, see if Iris can guess some. Okay. Um, right back, we got a guy. Um, he was born in England, but played for a different country for his national team. Um, uh, very versatile player. And he scored as a defender and sometimes midfielder. Um over 100 goals for his club and country. Um, oh, what else? What else can I give you? Um, yep, I think I've got it. Yeah. I'm Alexander. Yes. Yeah. Greza. Greza won't be happy with you, Marv. Greza will not be happy with you. I was thinking, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing. He threw me with the old... Um, Born, like, played for a different country. Yeah. You, you threw me with that. You did. I didn't yeah. know Grizzle. Was, was he born in England? He was born in England, but he played yeah. for Scotland. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, his goals um, one was a giveaway because of the penalties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, you get a penalty, man. Get that guy on the ball because he, he did it with confidence and he did it. Uh, I don't think he missed while I was playing with him. I can't remember it. Uh, but, no, just – and you could play that guy anywhere. I mean, you could probably put him in goal. He'll do well. But he was just a great hard worker. Got forward, you know, if he played in defense, he loved to get forward and, you know, he could thread a pass, he could tackle, he, he in the locker room was great. Um, you know, he talked to me sometimes when I was going through it, you know, and got me back on track and all that. So, yeah, what a great guy. And you'd have played with him when he was a youngster as well, wouldn't you? So, obviously, he, he played in the Premier League till, um, yeah. well, for at least a good 20, 20, 25 years after you played with him. Yeah, he wasn't like youngster, youngster. He he already had no, a few yeah. games on himself, but yeah, he was he was you know probably like twenty three or something at the time, twenty four maybe. Yeah, I think he had he had played up to nearly enough two hundred games for Scumfall by the time he came to us. Yeah, so he like oh, I yeah. mean I know what Andrew means as in youngster because he he, yeah. he 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 feels like it. He didn't play that many games when he's, you know, yeah. Luton signed Graham, Graham Alexander sort of thing. But he had played over well over nearly, like, I mean, close to 200 games yeah. before he did. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was solid. Yeah. So what do you need as your goalkeeper for those people who kind of don't fully get it? I played goal a little bit myself. But what do you what do you look out for in a right back and left back? Because obviously centre backs are pretty logical. They're there to block, they're there to clear. But right back and left backs, what do you want them to do? I want him to just never leave the 18 yard box and just cover me. But um, <laughs> no, what I, what I like is when they push the, their players up, like if you can attack and get those players, like Graham would go forward and he would put the fear in there, let's say outside mids to be, instead of their outside mids coming forward towards us, they're coming and dropping and covering Graham and covering the players. I like that, you know, and I think, you know, just get the ball away from my goal. I like that. So, yeah, yeah pretty simple. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure because kind of with your height, if you were, if you sometimes thought, do you know what? Send them down a the wing, let them put it, let them put a cross in. As long as they're not laying, drop, they're not cutting back or anything like that. 
put, let them stick it in the air because I'm going to yeah. get it. I'm taller than oh, anybody on the pitch. Yeah, I love coming for crosses and smashing through people. And, you know, um, I feel that was one of my strengths. And, you know, so – but, yeah, just um, in general, I just I just like defenders that, that, that are kind of battle-ready, you know, will throw themselves in front of a shot and, uh, and cover, you know, and, and do what they can to just, you know, block the, block the shots and that. So – I go for kind of hard steel players, you know. Left back. Right, left back. Okay, I was going to go right to left, but left back. Let's see. Um, I'm going to give you one hint because it's going to give it away pretty much, I think. I mean, um, let, me throw, let me throw in a guess. I'm going to be poor. Let me just throw in a guess before you've okay. even opened your mouth. I'm going to throw in Julian Dix. You know what? No, it's he, not him. I know it's No, but... It was it was a coin toss. So oh, okay. you're very, very I like I like where you went with that. Okay. I like where you went. It was a coin toss. Um this person was born in the city where England won the World Cup in sixty-six. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Marv. Come on. He was born in Wembley. Me. Apparently. Apparently. Me. Me. No. no. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Mitchell. No. He was on the list. He's a, a West. It's a, a West Ham player. No, it? no. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, okay. Who do you play for? With you? Wimbledon. He. I mean, that'll give it away for sure. No, don't say. Don't say. Don't say. Don't say. We need. I need to. I need to get this. Who was Luton's left back during when you were there, Mark? Well, it was you, and okay. Mitchell. Wasn't it? it wasn't. Okay, hold on. This player well, has played both. This player has played both centre back, but you can play him also at left back. No, Marvin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I moved you out left, Marv. I moved you out. I moved you out left. It's me. Is it me? It's you. It's me. Did I not say me? It's it's you. Yes. I moved you out left. Oh wow. Yeah. I got you out what? left. I had well you done, center Marv. back. I had you center back to start with, and then I moved you out left. Okay. Think, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you played. I mean, like I said, Dix. Dix is. I mean, was a was a home run for me. Yeah, he was up there. Dixie was up there. But you had you had kind of almost like a calming effect. It was weird, like the way you played, the way you talked to me, the way you just kept saying, "Hey, let's go," you know, big man, let's keep going, all that. So you had like a nice a nice calming effect on me, which I liked. You know, and it was it was it was a pleasure playing with you and. You know, you would always. Well, you, you, he was I mean, much bigger really, than me. He was much bigger than that? me. I was scared. Yeah. He was much bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, and if you'd have known about the the movie career, you'd have been even more any more scared. But anyways, um, yeah, I thought you know, like I said, it was uh, it was it was cool playing with you, and um, I just felt we had a good chemistry, and you know, um, yeah, you would always. I mean, you're looting through and through. You would throw your body in front of shots, and you were the person I got my first assist from. Do you remember that? Yes, that was FA Cup. Bol- FA Cup against Bol- was it Bolton or Wimbledon? I think it was Wimbledon. I think it was Bolton. I think it was Bolton. Okay, Bolton. maybe. Do you remember that though? So, so I'm asking, like, we're, we're one nil down in the first round. In, well, not the first round, but like the it's not the replay. And uh, I think it was I can't remember who was manager. It was either Lenny or Terry. Whatever. Lenny. It's Lenny. Was it Lenny? Lenny. And I'm like, yeah. Lenny, can I go up? And he goes, go up. So it was a corner kick, and I remember, and I don't think. Have you not had you had you not scored for a while? 
at that time or something? I don't really, I don't, I don't really score, do I? But every now and then, it's just like like Lenny says. He goes, I mean, in his sarcastic way, he says it. He goes, he goes, who would have thought it? I can, I can, I can more or less remember it. Who would have thought it? Yeah. Like we get an equalizer. Like Ian Fuhr goes up, yeah. and yeah. We're like gets his head on it. Did you get your head on it? Was it? Is your head? Yep. Yeah. He gets his head on it. The ball sort of like bobbles down, ricochets, and and Marvin, as he does every sort of like twenty years, gets the one goal <laughs> sort of thing. He I says. have the new, I have the newspaper clip, and they call it a one in a million. So what happened? So I get the corner kick. I get up, and I'm just trying to cause chaos, you know, and, and just pull someone away so someone else can score. And all of a sudden, I lose my marker, and the it's coming right at me. And I'm like, holy sh. What do I do? Like, you know what I mean? I've never even been in this situation. So I jump like a gazelle and I head towards goal and it hits off the side of my head. And instead of going towards goal, it goes off to my right and rolls right in your path and you tap it in. <laughs> so the reporters were asking me afterwards, they're like, so did you, they're laughing, of course, because I didn't mean it. But, you know, I told them I meant it. I was like, you know, I could have scored. I wanted, Marvin hadn't scored for a while. So I thought, you know, I'd lay the ball off for him. And, you know, so it was kind of a running joke, you know. But, yeah, that no, was my remember, one of my... I remember it fondly. I mean, it was yeah. definitely Bolton. I mean, like I said, yeah. I didn't score that many goals. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's not hard to remember who, who they're against. Yeah. So, yeah. no, but yeah. I remember the game. Like, you remember the replay? Yes. Uh-huh. We got battered, yeah. didn't we, in the replay, did we? We got battered. I think, like, 3-0 or something. something that, yeah, one. we got battered. I it was five. I don't know. I thought yeah. we got uh, he's a goalkeeper he doesn't remember them all oh yeah I, I shave I, it's, you know I just shave points off here and there you know what I mean it's, it's, <laughs> he stops counting at three the worst was Grimsby oh god yeah that oh was. was that seven I, I still have like nightmares about that I know, but I, again, we don't want to, we don't want to dwell on that. But I don't think that it wasn't. You can't. I you can't turn around and go. You had a shocking game. You I mean there's games where goalkeepers have really yeah. really bad games, and it's a case where like yeah. you know that's down to him. But honestly, that I day, at, we were we were woeful. The team. I looked at the highlights from that game, and I'm not joking. Not to be, I actually didn't. I wasn't obviously wasn't great, but I wasn't like shocking and let four or five in. There was other games we lost. One nil, and I was shocking. You know what I mean? So yeah, the scoreline can be deceiving for sure. Yeah. You know. So Marvin, 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 you're in. You're left back. So and is it is? I know you described about asked you earlier about what you want from fullbacks, fullbacks that bomb on, and fullbacks that definitely push the attacking players up. Was that something Marvin did? I think I know Luton fans we remember fondly shouting Marvin for England and the Marvin Marvin Maisie runs and. Um, the way you used to do it. Is that something that you remember fondly as well yourself, Ian? You know, I can't remember Marv. Um, no, he was disciplined. Not that going forward's not disciplined, but I, as no. far as I remember, you were pretty disciplined and you were more, you would go for corners once in a while too, but you, you know, um, as far as I remember, yeah, you were, you were pretty, you were pretty stable. I, I know what Andrew's talking about, but to be, to be honest, that was probably the time when Steve was like, Steve, I mean, Steve was like complete all-round plan. He was so much yeah. more comfortable on the ball than he was I was. So to be fair, I mean, I just thought, well, there's there's him, right? You don't really yeah. want two of us doing it. I mean, I, I right. would do it naturally. I mean, I was doing it from centre-back as a kid anyway. But I thought yeah. with Steve being how he was, Steve used to be going at least probably a minimum two dribbles a game. Oh, for sure. Steve would. 
fever yeah. easily. And so, I mean, easily. it was a case probably where I just was more like in my head thinking, well, look, you know what? I got to be more disciplined and stay here. Yeah. Not to say that I didn't and want to go on it on the odd one, but Steve was much more, um, more creative than I was going yeah. forward. But that, then that, that was our spell. Cause like I said, it was you and Steve in the middle and that. So, you know, but in this system, I got you, you can go forward a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, big go guy. Forward a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just, you know, I was thinking fabulous. about it. Fabulous. Yeah. Excellent. Marv, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, let's move across then to center back. All right. Right center back. This man's from Plumstead, London. His nickname is The Nugget. He won 15 triple crowns and he won six world titles. His BBC Sports Personality of the Year in 1988. What? <laughs> I'm kind of taking the. Mickey right All here. right. So think of someone who won six world titles and was PBC oh, Sports. Oh, got it, 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 got it. At last. I was thinking of this guy as well, to be fair. I was thinking of him. Did he play, did he play for Liverpool as well? No. What? Okay, I, I, okay, it's kind of, it's, okay, it's... He didn't play for Liverpool? No. He didn't, oh. Well, I was going to say um, Neil Ruddock. <laughs> That's no. where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's kind of right. not... It's kind of not fair because it's actually not a footballer, but it's a uh, has the same name. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking the, the boxer, like Ruddock. Um, you're, you're on. Okay, I speak. Yeah, you don't listen. You're right with what you're where you're going. I'm okay, thinking... I was just want to make sure because we could be here all day if I don't. Help no, you no, out no, 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 no. You're. But I was honed in on I was Ruddock. Four. I the same name. I was as who four. I want as my right center center back. It was a boxer from, back then. Okay, his hmm. nickname is the Nugget. He has 15 triple crowns. Who's a big boxer back then? Nigel Benn? Chris Eubank? Barry McGuigan? It's not, not boxing. Oh. oh, is it horse? Oh, triple crown. Bloody horse. Actually, I, the triple crown threw me off too because triple crown is not... I think, I think we're going to... We're gonna... Triple crown in Australia is horses. But in, in England, it's something different, right? What? What? If you gave us a club, what club is it? Is it too easy uh, to give us a club? He, the club he played, he's, he played for? The club he, he played for? It's an it's an oh, hang on. Hang on, hang on, Steve Davis. Yes. You're talking about snooker player. <laughs> I just suddenly got yeah, a dog. You meant the yeah, snooker player. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm with you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't play for a club. He's in the individual sport. But uh, I don't know. I thought I'd have a little laugh with that. Yeah. I know, but you know what? <clears throat> you, I like it's that. Quite good. I like it's that. Quite good what you, it's quite good what you've just done there, because to be fair, yeah. if I'm going to be in your team, gee, Steve's got to be in your team. Should have just gone for him automatically. Steve. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So did Steve play on the right hand side? I always thought he played on the left hand side of the centre. Right. Or, oh, or is he so good he can play both? I played on the left, Andrew. You did Steve okay, on the yeah. right. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you're left footed, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say yeah, Mar played there, Steve played right. Um yeah, again, God, what can you say about Steve? Just good leader in the locker room. Took me a minute to understand his accent when I first got there though. <laughs> um, you know. Um, but uh solid, scored goals. I mean, didn't he score I mean, he scored probably 75. I don't know. He scored a lot of goals. but A lot of goals. Um, a lot of goals. I've, I've mentioned this to him before. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's right up there as, as for scoring centre-backs. He's right up there. Has to mm. be, yeah. So, and you know, again, late on the game, you'd put him up front and he would start winning headers, scoring goals, freaking, you know, dribbling people, you know, threading passes. So, he was a good guy and, uh, you know, just a great, great player to play with, you know. Yeah, fantastic player. Fantastic. I mean, um, I, know you, I know you said you played next to him, Marv, and he's been in quite a few teams. 
Um, was he the type of player that would go through walls for you guys? Obviously, he was kind of was he captain there for a little while? Was he? Yeah, or was, he was captain. He, he would have been captain. Yeah, I mean, Steve, Steve, what I would say is, I mean, we're the same age. I mean, I think we're a day apart, actually. His birthday is a day after mine, but he was what we would probably call old school, but like very comfortable on the ball, would like put his head anywhere, like boots are flying around. I mean, that sort of defender as well. So, and, and they're rare, do you know what I mean? To have someone of that ability like Steve had on the ball was literally, he was basically like a midfielder, wasn't he? He could control, yeah. he was so comfortable on the ball. So and to be as big as he was and agile as he was, was at yeah. that time, you know, without all the sports science and all that stuff now, it was unheard of. No, definitely. Awesome player. Let's keep going across the centre-backs. I'm sorry? Next centre-back, Ian. Next oh, centre-back, Ian. Centre-back. Okay. Um, next centre-back. Uh, England international. Okay. On his um, England debut in 97 he was the youngest defender to play for england at that time i'm sure at this there might be some younger ones now um won six premier league titles yeah 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 you got it andrew you got it yeah i got it who oh you can keep going Mark. draw a few more goads Marv. draw a few more clues oh i think i've got it as well okay, okay. go on okay. on three on three he played one, for... two three rio ferdinand is that who you had, Marv? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm honest. I'm honest. Who'd you have, Marv? Who did you have? I, I mean, you know what? It's an, an ex guess. I I Matty Upson, I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Six Premier League titles, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just thought, I didn't know. I thought, I was thinking straight away in my head, I'm thinking Matty Upson, Matty Upson, Matty Upson, uh, okay. Matty Upson. No. He was up no, there. Six... I, I, thought about, I thought about Matty as well, but yeah, he's, yeah. So yeah, Rio. Rio yeah. Rio. Um, I mean, again, you know, just solid, strong, you know, and uh, to have the, the honor of playing with that guy, you know, plus we were good mates at West Ham, especially my second spell. My first spell, he was still like kind of going through the academy. And then my second spell, we actually played on the same pitch together. So um, he was just a really good guy. He was he was he bust your balls, though, man. He, he demanded a lot. You know, I remember I played a game for West Ham and during the first half, tore my thigh muscle during a kick and I stayed on and which I should have gone off, but we, we, we didn't really have a backup at the time we did, but young kid and he was going through a lot and I just decided I'm going to stay on. And uh, so through ball comes and I got to sprint out and, you know, come out one V one. And I remember I, uh, I come out and the guy gets around me and, and you know, whatever goes out and he's like screaming at me to run out quicker. <laughs> you know I mean? Meanwhile, I can't even like, I mean, a full-blown torn thigh muscle. I was out for like four or five months after this, you know. And uh, But he was like that. He just got in it, and he was just – he had busted, you know. But after the game, he was he was, he was was amazing, and he would be, you know, your best mate. But on the field, man, he, he could he could give you – a bit like Mitchell. Remember Mitchell Thomas? He would always yeah. give you a bit, you know, similar, you know. Yeah. Could you tell at that yeah. stage that Rio was going to become the player he, he did? Could you tell? Because, I mean, you guys, both of you have been around so many young players – and Rio went on to arguably, if, if defenders won Ballon d'Ors, you'd argue that at his peak, Rio would be in that conversation. Did you think he'd become that good? Yeah, I actually, I was in. So that team was, you know, the Lampards and all that. You know, there was a great team, and and you could tell he had something, something pretty special. He wasn't quite as good on the ball at that time, obviously, because he was younger and and and, and that, but. Um, he, he was solid. He was good in the air. He could win tackles. He led. He, he was fast. So he, you could tell he had a little something. Did you know he was going to 
win, you know, six Premier League titles, FA Cups, and play for Leeds, Manu, and all that. So I don't know. But, yeah, he was good. He was special. Can you remember him? Can you pick them, Marv? So, I mean, you, you were a youth team coach at um, Luton for a little while. Can, and I, I, you'd have to make names and stuff. Cause I'd get a bit awkward, no. but can you tell when a player's going to make it and when a player's not going to make it? I think, I mean, without sitting on the fence, that you, you have a good idea who's got maybe a better chance than others as you as you move forward and you're looking at the player. I mean, I think I've mentioned it before about Rio. We played... Um, Bournemouth, Luton did, and Rio was on loan down at Bournemouth, and Thorpe was against him, and I mean, I think there was a couple of them. I think someone else, I think it might have been Dubry. I think Steve Robinson mentioned it earlier on. So they had, they had a couple of centre-halves, and Rio was young, but you could see from that he had a talent. I mean, very comfortable on the ball. I mean, Thorpe, I think that might have been the season where Thorpe was scoring for fun, kept Thorpe quite all game. So to have the ability to do that, even though, I mean, at a young age, he's coming from a premiership club, he's, he still showed the potential of what he went on to achieve. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. You definitely. never know, there's so, there's so many variables too. I mean, a kid could start out young, be the next Lionel Messi and then fade away. And then there's a kid that you just don't even, you never even saw before. And all of a sudden, wait, who's this? And he's like, you know, he's Lionel Messi, you know, so... Football sports in general, it's so much luck and so much dedication and so much perseverance and hard work. And, you know, for example, as a keeper, you, you, you make your debut, you play amazing, but you lose one nil. And it's like, oh, he played well and, you know, whatever. It doesn't really get that. But all of a sudden you play amazing and win one nil. Next thing you're the next best thing from sliced bread. You know what I mean? So a lot of it is luck. And, and it could have been. You won one nil on a penalty kick, or you lost one nil because the ref blew a penalty kick against you, or something. You know, so there's so many things that go into um, making a player, and your luck of going from A to B is just—it's—it's it's such on a thin line. It's crazy. Definitely. So what we'll do is we'll pause there, um, and then when we come back, we'll hear about the rest of Ian Foyer's uh, My Best Eleven, and we'll also hear a little bit about his film cameos or film credits. So um, coming up in part two. Hi, my name is Kevin Nichols. Hi, my name is Kingsley Black. Hi, my name's Rebecca Lowe. Hi, my name's Tony Thorpe. My name's Graham Alexander. I'm David Oldfield. Hi. My name's Steve Davis. My name's Carl Emerson. Hey, it's Emerson Boyce here. Hi, my name's Stephen Robinson. My name is Andy Kiwamia. And you're listening to my best... And you are listening to my best... To my best... 11 podcast. And you're listening to my best 11 podcast. Great, so we're back for part two of My Best 11 with Ian Foyer. So far, we've got Ludwig Pekosko, Graham Alexander, Marv has made the team at left back. Yay! Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Davis and Rio Ferdinand. Before we get into the rest of your team, I want to ask you about this film cameo or okay. this film. So I didn't realise this, and Marv and I were talking um, when we, when you booked you, and I mentioned that you were in you were Predator in Alien versus Predator Requiem in two thousand and seven. Yeah. How, when, what? I mean, there's so many questions that can come off the back of this. Um, I should have got, got my mask down for this. I, I apologize. Have you got masks? Go Did you take a mask? Did let you take a mask? I can go get it if you want. So, yeah. Um, oh, be, that would be, that'd be awesome in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did it come so, about? Yeah. So I, I, um, 
basically just I have my own academy out here that I coach goalkeepers, Premier Goalkeeping Academy. And I was coaching a goalkeeper, and I went to go watch one of his games one time. And there was this father that came up to me of a player on that team. And he's like, his name is Mike. And he goes, uh, Ian, I just want to say, I know you've been working with Jordan. I want to say what a great job you've done with him. He's, he's improved, blah, 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 all this stuff. I was like, oh, thank you, Mike. And, you know, I appreciate the compliment. Didn't know who Mike was. About three years later, I get a call from Mike. And he's like, Ian, this is Mike. Mike who? Mike from, you know, the soccer. That, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, Mike. Okay, cool. He's like, hey, um, just have you ever seen the movie, uh, you know, Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, how would you like to play the Predator in the next movie? And no joke, my next question was, Mike, who the blank are you? Like, no disrespect, but, like, who are you? Like, because that's a really random question. And he starts laughing, and he's like, oh, I apologize. He goes, I'm like the, the C- senior producer or, for Fox Entertainment who, who was producing the movie. And uh, he's like, look, the original guy um, who, funny enough, was English and, funny enough, was his name was Ian, um, couldn't get a work permit. So we need a predator. And he goes, the director, you know, wants to get one as soon as possible. And he says, would you want to do it? I'm like, sure. What do I got to do? And he goes, just come out, wear, put the suit on. If the suit fits, um, it's yours. And, and, you know, so I went to the studio, put the suit on. They asked me to roll around a little bit. And, and you know, and I got the gig. And they were like, you're perfect, you know, because they needed someone, you know, six foot seven, kind of basketball build, not football build, because the, the suit makes you into a football build. Um and you have to be pretty athletic and be able to do some like your own stunts and, and roll around and jump off stuff and jump into pools and stuff. So I uh, got the gig and for about three weeks we shot and uh, it's pretty to this day, probably one of the funniest and interesting, most interesting stories I have. It's pretty funny. Pretty cool. Plus to say you've been the predator is kind of, cool too. you know what I mean? That's, ter- yeah. that's terrific. That really oh, just, is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And if there's um, so another great story is so we finish the shooting, we do the movie, <coughs> and um, the director they're all clueless about soccer, about football. So we do the movie, and every time they do so, the previous Predator movies, they'll always do a, a commercial for the DVD release or the release on video or direct TV or whatever. So I get a phone call, and the director calls me and he's like, "Hey, we're doing a, a commercial, and uh, you want to do it?" I'm like, "Of course, sure, let's do it." He goes, what we're going to do is, um, and they do like a, a funny spoof of Alien versus Predator. So the previous movie, they did the Alien versus Predator playing poker together. And the alien throws down like four aces. And the Predator gets pissed. Gun comes up, shoots the alien, blows him up, takes the money, right? So he's like, why don't we do a soccer one? I'm like, that'd be great. So we do a thing. And uh, what it's going to be is me shooting a penalty kick on the alien, and it's actually, I'll send you the link. It's up on YouTube if you look it up. And uh, Alien goes to save it. My gun comes up. I blow him up. Ball goes in. I score. I celebrate, whatever. But the best part was the director goes, and what's cool is we're going to show the, the commercial is going to be shown live during the fuck up in England. And I'm like, the fuck up? What's the fuck? Wait, do you mean the FA Cup? <laughs> so that was his knowledge of football. He goes, is that what it's called? So I don't know. I I don't know what year it was. It would, it would have been like 2007 or eight. During like halftime during the FA Cup, okay, um, they showed the commercial for the DVD release of Alien vs Predator Requiem. So I'm like, what a full circle! How 
my playing career started in England, well, Belgium, but then like, you know, major it was England. I go do this movie and then it gets shown for the first time back in England during the FA Cup or the FA Cup. So I was just like, wow, just you couldn't you couldn't put it together any any better, you know. That that's that's really that's really interesting. And I got a question, and I, just on the back of that, Ian. I mean, sure. I don't want to know um, um, figures, but do you get credit like money for like every time the film's watched and stuff like that? Okay, I would have. So there's a thing called uh, SAGs, uh, Screen Actors Guild, and if you do a certain amount of hours, you can join the SAG. And they get like, great health insurance, all this stuff. But you have to do a certain amount of hours. I was okay. one like credit short of getting SAG. And if I got that, you get residuals. This was a one-time. They just paid me every week. It was good money for three, four weeks. But right. um, they just paid me. That was done in that. But if I put it this way, if I do one more thing, I could then get that. And then every time would be residuals, which would be okay. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Alien versus Predator Part 2. <laughs> yeah yeah the part one was way better than part two i have to i have to admit part one was kind of cool part two was like yeah okay but so i was gonna say that is, so they keep bringing out predator films are you what's happened with you well it's a whole new they i was probably one of the last movies not one of but as we're doing it everybody's going into cgi now yeah so it's almost all which is sad because you don't really have people you know, doing the stuff now, it's all just computer graphics, which looks amazingly real, but you still, it's like, you're not using people these days. So a lot of the stuff you see now, it's all CGI, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so you uh, say you've got that, fa- what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Had the famous guy who was C-3PO in Star Wars died a few, not that long ago, didn't he? Okay. Yeah. 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 So you're right that they used to use people a lot more. So, um, so we won't see, so you, according to you then, because of CGI, we won't see you in the next few films. No, probably not. Unless okay. yeah, someone hires a big, I don't know. Um, we'll have to download it and advertise it, and we'll see if we can pause it and see if we can. I'll get send you. I can send you the links and stuff. So if you want to post it, they're, they're, the commercial's funny because it's just me shooting a penalty kick. And what's really, and not to drag this out, what's really interesting and really cool. So when I went to go do the Predator, the guy that's the alien, he's in a suit too, and he's like. He's been there since the first Alien movie, like with Sigourney Weaver and all that. So he's like all creepy and crawly and stuff. So when I got there, he and me like, okay, Predator's upright. He's tall. He's strong. He's built, you know, you got to get the head whip, the, the dreadlock head whipping around and stuff. So he was teaching me how to be like the Predator. Then the best part was when we did the commercial, he was actually the goalkeeper. So the first night we're shooting the goalkeeper thing, he's asking me, okay, how's the goalkeeper? <laughs> so I'm like teaching him. So it was just, just the, the dichotomy was crazy. It was unbelievable. So I'm teaching him, this legend, how to be a goalkeeper. And he's like, okay, keepers do that. Did they kind of shift a little? It was crazy. It was crazy. And but it'd be, especially both wearing your outfits, it's been absolutely brilliant to watch. I'm yeah. sure somebody drove past going, what the hell is I'll going on I'll send you pics of me. Yeah, and the, send yeah, it. So send it. Send it. Yeah, pre- pictures of Predator and the, like myself and the alien, like arm in arm. We're just sitting there like dead. You know, it's just it. It's pretty fun. Awesome. I'll send you a bunch of stuff. Use whatever you want. You know, it's all you can all use it. Great. Thanks, Ian. Awesome. So we'll get back to my best eleven. Um. So yeah. wherever, so wherever you want to start, right wing, left wing, mids, uh, centrals, right. wherever you want to go. Let's go. Um. Let's go left, mid to right. Mid. Okay. okay. Let's go left to right. So left mid, um, 
And I'm looking at my team, and I'm like, for a goalkeeper, I'm playing a pretty attacking, attacking team here. Like, I'm, I'm kind of leaving myself a little bit, you know, okay, Ludo, he's good enough, though. Ludo's good enough. He can deal with it. Um, so, okay, out left, um, began his career at Blackpool, um, played for England. He won goal of the season in 1997. And if I tell you the team, I think it could – he can play on the right as well. In fact, he's a natural right footer, but he's really good on the left. Um, he uh, did he play at Man City? Yes, he's actually from he's from Manchester. Trevor Sinclair. Would you say Marv? Trevor Sinclair. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you'd play with him at West Ham, is that right? I played with him at West Ham, and first off, as a as a human being, just the most amazing, like greatest, funniest. Took me under his wing. Great guy. Um, but as a player, man, man, he uh, – what a, what a player, you know. What a player. Just silky smooth, you know. He um, he had a, the assist uh, on – they call it at West Ham that goal, that Decanio goal. If you look at that goal, obviously – do you remember that goal where Decanio did the little – Yeah, from of, right to left, wouldn't it? The ball got uh-huh. drilled from right to left. If you look like, at the ball he put in, it's almost better than the goal. That ball that got put in doesn't get enough credit because it's on a dime. Mm. It's on a dime, you know. Um, but, yeah, he was just he was just a great player. And he would track back. He would tackle. He would, he would get forward, you know. So – and, uh, you know, when you put him out on the left – he can he can swing a ball in left, but what I like is when he cuts in, he starts you know starts attacking those center backs and that. So yeah, he's a good he's a good player. That's excellent. I mean, yeah. I want to touch I want to touch a little bit on about you, Ian, as a as a kid, because yeah. how does um someone a kid growing up in Vegas end up yeah. playing football in Rouge? <laughs> wow, man. Um, so. I was uh, seven when I started, and the person that got me into football is a crazy story. Have you ever, have you guys ever seen the movie Casino? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Casino is based off a, now it's not real events. It's, 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 no. it's, a, yeah. it's a light version of what really happened, um, uh, based off a, a mafia uh, a man called uh, Tony Spilatro. Okay. Tony Spilatro in real life was a Chicago mob boss. And lived in Chicago, but also had family in Vegas. And, you know, they ran a lot of the casinos and all that stuff. So the movie's based off his life. So Tony Spilatro's sister's son is who got me into football. His name is Tony Spilatro as well. So if you look it up, you'll see Tony Spilatro actually got murdered, buried alive in the desert and all that. I was there when it, it, like, I remember I was playing Nerf football in the front of his yard, of my buddy's yard, Tony Spilatro, when his mom, Tony's sister, uh, the police came to the door and told her that her brother had just been murdered. And I was there that day. And I remember just, it was, I could still see it. The you know, mom falling to her knees crying and, you know, so funny enough, that's who got me into football. Um, and then I joined a team called the Las Vegas generals local club team. And we were watching the world cup one time and Belgium was playing against uh, Argentina with Maradona and all that. Oh, that, that goal he scored. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like my coach just going, man, he says Belgium held that. I think that they lost only one nil and to that goal or something might have been one nil too. But he was like, man, Belgium held this amazing team only to one nil. He goes, 
let's go there and find out how they play defense and how they play in all this small country. And da, da. so we started raising money. We flew over to Belgium to play these, like we organized like five games there and we all stayed at a uh, host family. So I became really good friends with this host family. And then later on, um, I kept playing my club soccer later on at about 16, I got a chance to meet uh, one of my heroes, Tony Schumacher. And uh, at this camp he was doing. And at that time, the only football we got on TV was a thing called Soccer Made in Germany. So I didn't even know any of it. It was just, they would show Bayern Munich versus SC Cologne in one game a week. So I started liking this guy Schumacher, who at that time was Germany's keeper. And he did a camp in Alabama. So I flew out to this camp and it's a week-long camp. And at the end of the camp, he, he calls me over and he's like, hey, what do you, what do you want to do with football? I was like, I want to be pro somehow. I don't know how, you know, like it's not happening in America. At that time, there was no pro league. He goes, you're a good goalkeeper. He goes, you should go to Europe. I go, okay. Called my mom from, from, from Alabama. I go, Tony Schumacher just said, I'm good enough. Like, what do we do? And she's like, well, why don't we try? We'll call the family that you stayed with. Uh, You maybe can stay there and try. I was like, okay, cool. Two weeks later, I was out. Flight out, flew out there, didn't have a team set up. And uh, one of the guys in the same village, about 200 people in this whole village, he knew someone at FC Bruges. He knew the reserve team coach, called him up, said, hey, I got this kid. You want to check him out? He's like, sure, whatever, bring him out. You know, it was kind of one of those things. And after an hour, I tried out after an hour. He was like, all right. And I finished my tryout. They're like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you one year. Um, we'll put you up in housing. You got to pay for the rest. Your, your dad's got to pay for the rest. You'll be the third keeper of the 16 and under team. You won't play. We're just going to see how you do. You know, you're not going to play unless major injuries or whatever. I'm like, that's all I need. So I went out, trained my ass off that whole year. Um, did play a game. And at the end of that season, um, the U23s had a tournament in France and there was a couple injuries, a couple keepers down with flu, uh, whatever. And the day before, I get a call from the 23s coach and goes, hey, you got to come to France with us. You're playing. So I went from third keeper, not having played for a whole year, to starting goalkeeper, only goalkeeper for the 23s. And we're in a tournament in France playing against Bayern Munich, you know, Celtic, PSG, all these big teams. And I was just talk about, you know, squeaky bum time. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) But it was one of those moments you have. And we lost every game. But I just absolutely had those moments and I was saving stuff, you know, just played amazing. Don't know how I did it. Um, And I get back from that and uh, they offered me a pro contract. So I went from third keeper of the 16s to third keeper of the first team of FC Bruges um, at 17. And that team was stacked. I mean, you're talking Vanderels, Jan Kulamans, you know, uh, Mark DeGreza. I mean, it was just, we won the championship. I was there five years. We won the championship. Not... Two of them, I was like not even involved or not. I was on the youth team, but they won the championship like five times, European Cup semifinalist a couple times. You know, it was a crazy team. So that was an experience. Well, that's a wonderful story. And, and we've, wow. mentioned it be- we've mentioned it before on here, Ian. And, 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 yeah. and like you just said there, look, you, you know, you knew you wasn't going to play, you, but you worked, your, you worked your ass off. Again, you was ready. I keep saying this to people, like, even you though, right? You, you was ready. Yeah. That's the thing. You got an opportunity and you was ready. If you're not ready, it doesn't matter, right? You're not getting that contract four years. Four, five, if, you, if you're not ready, you're like in and you're like, you know what? 
it was good, yep. but, uh, it, but you was ready. You have to yeah. be ready because you believe you will always get an opportunity. Always. Whoever you are. And, and it happens like that. In football, it happens like that. And I don't understand players that sit there and sulk if they're not playing. Yeah, be pissed off that you're not playing. That's that's professional. That's good. But you cannot not – got to work even harder. I always hate saying work even harder because you should always work hard. You know, yeah, but know you, mean. you have to be ready. And you never know when that, that, that chance will come up, which, you know, well, if you, we talk later, my debut was my chance came when I wasn't playing. Uh, I was sitting behind uh, Kelvin. You know, Kelvin was playing out of his skin at Wimbledon. Um, I wasn't playing all season. All I could do was just keep working, keep positive. And all of a sudden the manager goes, hey, do you want to go play some uh, premiership games in Derby County? And this was on a Sunday, I remember. Hadn't played all season. On Sunday, my manager says, you want to play some games? I'm like, sure. Where am I playing? He goes, yeah, Derby County. Next night, I was playing live on TV, Monday Night Football at Tottenham, you know, and had a good game. Just mentally, you got to be ready. Physically, you got to be ready. And no one – what I'm trying to tell these young kids today, no one is going to feel sorry for you. No one cares. When it comes to sports, no one cares. It's about results on the professional level. And you have to – you got to bring it. And sometimes you got to fake it. You got to fake you're happy. You got to fake, you know, I know Marv, you and I, we've all played through adversity. You know, I've played through a broken finger. Remember the, the, the game against, I think it was uh, South End. I had a torn shoulder muscle the whole game. Yeah. I threw a ball out, tore it. And it was like, that was when we didn't have keepers on the bench. And I'm sitting here, I'm going like, this is the most painful injury I ever had. And I'm sitting there and just, all right, let's keep going. Got shot up at halftime, which is probably the wrong thing to do, you know, because the quarter's on and that. But it's what we did, and, and, and you know, you just keep going, yep. you know. So, yeah. That's an incredible story, though. I think one of the worst things that happened is they got they lost the, uh, the, the, the apprentice stuff, you know, where you have to be an apprentice. And you got to yeah. clean the locker rooms. You got to do the stuff because that builds that character. And I think that's a lot of what's missing with a lot of the, a lot of players these days. You know, they don't know how to grind and grind out results and 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 get, you know, and I think a lot of that when you're young and you got to take care of stuff and you have responsibilities besides football, mm. I think it's good. And now they don't. They just walk into this perfect environment. They got the Nike contract, perfect pitches. You know, everything catered to, and it, it can become cushy. You know. No, I think you have. I think most of the people we've interviewed would 100% back you in everything you just said there, Ian. Um, especially maybe because they're kind of maybe because most of them went through it themselves. Um, yeah. I don't know, but, um, but yeah. you're probably right. So we let's go on to right. let's keep going across the pitch. Yeah. Central midfield. We're going okay. So we went left. Uh, you said you go left, left to right. Mid. So we go left to right. Okay. Keep going across the middle. Yeah. So we're going to go left center mid. We're going to go with a guy who played for England again. Um, he started at a club called the Walls End Boys Club as a center forward. I doubt that'll help anything, but yeah, he's won a Champions League. He's won the FA Youth Cup in uh, '99. Okay, you got it, Andrew? Uh, I, I got one or two. It's one or two. Okay, go ahead. Go on, Andrew. Go on, say one. Say oh, one. Oh, then, okay. I'll say. I'll guess one then. I'll go Frank oh. Lampard. Oh, the other one then. I'm gonna say Joe Cole. Ooh. Close though. He's won five Premiership titles okay um kind of who no no yeah, no Mitchell, i'm just yeah. trying to get um, he's a did guy he play, is... did he play at top did he play at tottenham as well yes yes it's the other one i thought then so it's not frank Carrick? lampard Carrick? yeah Carrick? Carrick? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 
What the wrong one? This, this guy, you wouldn't even know he's at the club. He doesn't talk. He doesn't. But when he's not playing, you know he's not there. You know what I mean? Like, he's so – it's weird. He he wins his tackles, gives the ball. Get, he's so inconspicuous. He just – but when he's not playing your whole team, it's like you just took the engine out of the car, you know? And he was just so steady, so calm, didn't say much. But, man, he did a job in center mid, you know? Yeah. He did a job. What a great player, you know? I think and like I said, Carrick is the there, type of – Carrick's the type of player that I perceive – I don't support either United or, or Tottenham or West Ham. But I perceive it as if you support that team, you'd really, really appreciate him. If you watch live games, as in if you go yep. to the stadium. If you watch it on yep. TV, you probably don't see it as much. Exactly. Um, and I think as well, only since he's retired, the people actually go, how good was Carrick? And I think it's exactly. almost taken him to retire for everybody to realise how good he was. Exactly. No, you, you nailed it. And that's exactly – and it's one of those where he doesn't do the flashy stuff. He does the dirty stuff. And he just is so simple. Like, wins it, gives it. Wins it, gives it. Tracks back, gets a tackle, wins it. It's just – and then when he's not there, you're like, well – you know, and he's a major like stability in that, you know. Yeah, um, but you said he was very, very quiet, despite some. Well, do you have quiet. some very big? Who are the big personalities in that dressing room then? Well, you mentioned De Canio, but there were the other young crop. Who was the biggest personality? I mean, the second spell, I mean, my first spell, Dixie. Um, God, we had some characters in that room. Ian Bishop was a great, you know, funny. Oh my God, John Munker. God, the story. Yeah, the monk, you know, the, exactly. You know, monks, the funniest guy I think I've ever met in my life. That guy had zero, just he did not give anything. And man, I could tell you some stories. It, it was funny. What a great guy, you know. What a great guy. They, I mean, this is just level one of what he would do. One day they were painting the, 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 the dressing rooms at West Ham and they were painting them like there was a white paint or something. So we're all waiting for like all the players to come out on the pitch. He painted him whole, his whole body white, <laughs> hair, everything painted white, and just runs out in his kit like nothing's going on. And like we start doing this jog around the pitch, you know. And again, that's like level one of the stuff he yeah. did, but he just didn't. Care. It was the, he 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 was the funniest guy I've ever met, man. Um, second spell, Rio was you know funny, loud. You had Razor Ruddock. You had um, Sinks was was funny, you know. So there was a lot of characters there. Yeah. No. Okay. Moving on. Let's keep, right let's keep going. Next, next one. Um, right center mid. Um, this one has an OBE. Played for England. He scored over 150 goals. Has 102 assists. Played in three World Cups. The other one you said, Andrew, didn't it? Um, yeah, got him off. Lampard. Yeah. 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 I mean. 150 goals from midfield, you know, in the premiership. That's crazy, you know. Um, so, yeah, he was he was solid, good leader, you know, kind of a quiet leader, but, like, good leader, you know. Um, again, playing the same team as that was, was pretty cool. And uh, yeah. he, he obviously, you know, I'm sure – I know he just got got fired from Chelsea, but I'm sure he's going he's gonna to move on somewhere and get another jo- job soon. And, you know, he's got the experience. So, yeah. He's pretty solid. So you were there when, um, both when Harry and Lampard Jr. Lampard Senior, Lampard Senior, Lampard Senior were there. Um, yeah. 
what was what was um, what was that dynamic like? I mean, you talk about Frank Lampard. What was that dynamic like with? I know it's quite awkward, and you play young kids, and dad's the coach or dad's in charge. What was it like with um, senior and junior? Was that a bit awkward, or did he just keep no, away from it and it, say, "Do you know what? I'm not having yeah, anything to they, do with your son." They played it well. There was never like I never felt a bias, and he started just. I, I never felt that at all. Frank Lampard Senior was very um professional very confident very professional very you know never let that and and look i mean you look regardless of whether his dad was the assistant coach or not lamps went on to do good things you know if, if he faded from that point you could go well maybe he made it to there just because it's no you had tony carr who's the youth academy director um and the players he brought through and the system and the way he played was was amazing and, and, and I go back to like Lampard, his work ethic, you know, my first spell, he was a, an apprentice. So, you know, he's there cleaning the boots, doing this, but then you saw him, he'd be after training. He would ask me to be there. Hey, can I take some shots on it? I'm like, sure, man. I got in goal. He's taking, you know, receiving a ball from, you know, 30 yards, touch, finish. So he's hitting shots from 30. He knows his role. He's, he's going to be a midfielder. He's hitting. And all of a sudden he's just, He's just pinging these shots closer to goal, closer to goal. And, and all of a sudden, he's scoring goals from outside the box, you know. And that's where most of his goals came from, you know, because he's a midfielder. So, um, yeah, he, he was dedicated enough. And and I don't think any of the players ever thought, like, he he, he made it just because his dad – because he was he was good. He had, a, he had potential. And, you know, it would be a shame if he didn't make it because of people went like, you know, oh, his dad. And No, he, he deserved – to make it obviously to with, with what you, you see what he's done with his career you know no definitely definitely let's move across to right midfield all right right midfield we got a guy um he's um oh this guy is so pushy he, he he's arrogant he's put uh, man um how oh, i'm gonna give it away if i say okay he was um not born in england he uh he played in scotland as well as England. He also played in Italy. You mentioned, you mentioned Jimmy earlier on. Decanio? Uh, Decanio. Yeah, yeah. Have you I'll put Decanio on the right-hand side? Is that cheating? Well, loved, no matter what, if you put him at left center, at left back, he would end up just floating around and kind of ended <laughs> up a little bit on the right side. Um, I thought he's pushy, you know, with the referee thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Again, he's on the right, but he's going to float wherever he feels he's going to be most dangerous. So it's almost like he's going to be behind my my back, my front two. He can kind of float anywhere he wants. And that's, you know, so Graham is going to have to, and Carrick are going to have to hold a little bit, and you know. But uh, anyways, he, uh, oh, this guy, talk about talent. Um, he would, every time we would play an away game and we would have dinner, most of the players would just eat as quick as they can, get back to the room, you know, do whatever. And um, he would just take his time. And he would have his little espresso, and and I would just chill and sit with him. And he would just start talking about stories of how he was on the terraces of Lazio with the hooligans, you know, and the, the, the whatever the supporters they're called, the, the you know, Tofizo or whatever they're called, I don't know. And right. um, I would just be fascinated, you know, and I would ask him questions of, and, and he was just the most professional person I've ever met. Didn't drink, didn't, you know, just just trained, did every ev- extra exercise he needed to do. And it, so I remember um, a week before we play against Wimbledon, 
that goal that he scored. He's like, uh, Nano Bastardo. And that was my nickname for him, which means little bastard in Italian. <laughs> he called me little bastard. Um, get in goal. So we get in goal, and he has the, you know, a young player. I can't remember who it was, but a young player just crossing the balls. And he would run onto it, and he would do that kick. And I'm not joking. Out of 100, he missed 90 above the net behind the goal, and he hit two on target right at me, and maybe one went in, and one hit the crossbar. Next day, we're in, like, small-sided games. Cross comes in. He could run onto it and head it. He waits a little, does his little kick thing. And H is looking, and he's like, what the hell is he doing? And he's, like, not even scoring a bunch of them. So fast forward to Saturday. We're playing against Wimbledon. Trevor gets the ball out wide, pings in this cross. I see him run onto it. I'm going, he's going to do it. Like, this is Decanio, how he does stuff. He just has these visions. He runs onto it, hits his perfect volley side, like, bicycle kick volley into the far corner. It was like slow motion. It was like the, it got goal of the season and all that. And I go, this guy had a vision. And he just he, – he's that type of person. He's so, like, just out there. He's just on a different level mentally, you know. And the worst part is – so we did that all week, the training after games and stuff, and we practiced it, him and I. So they, 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 he celebrates. And right when he stops celebrating, he goes to run towards me and, like, jumps in my arms – and I'm trying to find a picture or a video or anything somewhere because no one had cameras then. Um, but then they go to show the replay. And it would have been such a good personal souvenir because people are like, why would he jump in your arms? You know what I mean? And so he gave me a little credit for helping him with that goal, which most West Ham fans don't know. But, yeah, it's, it, it was a pretty funny – not funny. It was a great, you know, moment because for me personally, I was like the one standing there for an hour after every practice going, okay, okay catch you know whatever so i wish i could somehow find that that little clip or even a picture of it which would be kind of cool you know it just it just shows i mean the sort of player he was because i mean you you yeah. you actually played with him i mean for the likes of me who like watched him play i mean and to hear the story of that behind that goal is that yeah. you know it's something which People think, well, you know what? I mean, that's the canyon. That's it, it, it's, it's normal. He's, he's got the technique. He's got the skill to do it. But mm. it's great to hear that you're saying that it could have been like 60, 70 shots. He's tried that. He's been doing it all oh, week yeah. and he's done over the crossbar and all that. Yeah. But still, actually to do it in the game now, even though he's failed and failed and failed and failed and failed, he's now come to the money point yeah. in the game. One yeah. chance, he's done it and he's and he scored from it. That's yeah. fantastic. You see? <laughs> It, it's an amazing story. And like I said, just to have a picture of that would just be on my wall. Not to be like, oh, look at me. No. Just what you said. It's not, it's not about me. It's about this guy had a vision. And he asked me to come out every day, hit these things. And it got to the point where we're kind of like, oh, what is it? And then it clicked. It helped me become a better player. It helped me go, yeah, you have a vision. And even if it doesn't work the first 100 times, it could work on that 101st, so keep going, you know, and that's what it taught me, you know, and his passion in the locker room and, oh, it was just, it was inspiring, you know. I, it would be, it would be, and I'd, I'd actually, anybody listening to the podcast, go outside right now and have a go at just trying to do his feet. I've tried it a million times before myself, and it's actually impossible to do. You know, he jumps in the air and does that. Yeah. It's actually yeah. really, really hard to do. So Look, anybody I don't listen know to anyone... the podcast, have a go at just doing the feet. It's so hard. Yeah, like, a bicycle kick over your head, you've seen that a million times. Yeah. 
This one I've really never seen. You would just run onto it and volley it. You wouldn't jump and do a like a forward bicycle kick or something. <laughs> it was the thing, and I'm like, yeah, he's the Kenya. What you know? So you just okay, you know, smile, smile and yeah. smile and applaud. Just applaud. <laughs> exactly. No, it was, it was even the Wimbledon fans like were just slow clap. Like it, you know, it, it took about four seconds for everybody to go like to then go wow, and then it was just it went nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. So moving on to striker, if you squeeze right. Decanio on the right, I'm intrigued by. Yep. I mean, seriously, put, like you say, poor old Michael Carrick with Sinclair, Lampard, and Decanio. Yeah, he's going to be <laughs> Marv. You got to yeah. Go back <laughs> for it. We got to. <laughs> <laughs> so who's up, who's up front then? Right. Okay, go. we got um, we got a guy named uh, well, we won't name him obviously. He was um, he was born in Leicester. He probably, he thinks, but he probably does. He's probably right. And he thinks he has, but he probably does still have the best hair to this day. Go he off. thinks he could play James Bond and he probably could score goals for fun. Um, he, oh man, what other clues could I give? I, 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 for- I, clues. I can't, I can't get it. My brain doesn't work as like Andrew. I mean, you Mar- have to say it. Seriously, Marv, have you not got this? No. Who's one of your best mates that loves doing his hair? Poppy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would only, when Ian was going through those, I was thinking, Mark's going to record this and just send this to Thorpey. It'll be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Thorpey has, for, well, well, I mean, he's got to be, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm 49. He's probably 49, 50. You're 51? 52, you. I am. 52, yeah. okay. Okay. He thinks he has the best hair. He does. <laughs> He does. He's right. <laughs> he thinks he's, he's the good, best. He thinks he's, he's got some good hair. Oh, stop. He's got, he's got some good hair. So, anyways, um, yeah, Thorpe, like, while we were at Luton, he, he was guaranteed a goal. Um, scored for fun. I remember that Plymouth goal he scored where he's on the ground, just got tackled, and he's sliding, and he's, you know, um, you know, popping it in. And the best one was when – and I, I, I hope I get the story right. Remember when he, he's like – Boys, I'm going to score a hat trick tonight. I'm like, oh, brilliant. That's, he's feeling it. He put a shirt underneath his shirt. Yeah. With, I think it was one and then two <laughs> and then another one with three. So we're playing. He scores a goal, lifts his shirt up, one, right? Scores another one, two. And now we're all just going, like, you could have been one-on-one with the keeper. You would pass it back to him to score the third just so he could show his third shirt. You know what I mean? And – um so, and then he scores the third, and we're just going, what the hell? Another moment like the Canyon where you just go, you had a vision, and you just go, I'm doing this. And he scored a hat trick that night, and it was just the craziest story. It was great, you know. I mean, we mentioned it. I mean, that's, I think that's the season, I think, when he was just scoring for fun, literally scoring uh, for fun. And I think when you've got a, um, a player who's in that reign of, of form, like Forby was, and he, he probably just felt, he just knew – if he got a chance, he was going to score. I mean, and you have yeah. those, you have those periods as a striker. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember we mentioned it earlier on. I can't remember. I think it was Dave Oldfield's um, podcast that that season because he was up front with Forpy. I remember Lenny's mind was like similar as well. And, and I think we were all yeah. that mind. Like it was going, if he scores today, he's pointing to Forpy. I'm taking him off. I'm taking him off. If he scores, if he scores two today or something like that, Lenny said, yeah. I'm taking him off and let you rest of you lot deal with it sort of thing yeah. so yeah he was literally one of those players i think 4p was very confident anyway as you know oh, he was yeah. never 
he, he, and he'd let you know that he was confident. And um, yeah, he, it I mean, took, I'm very good. Well, plus, it took me a minute. It took me a minute to get used to his humor too, because he like I play a game, and uh, I remember it was uh, at um, damn, I can't remember, but I saved the PK in the last minute. It was at uh, whew, I can't remember. Right, I saved the PK. We won one nil. Remember when when the um, the owner was like, if you win this game. Yes, yes, he kept saying we about get a stereo you, system. Yeah, so they get it. Hassan Dollar goes down. It has it was it Gillingham? I think it was Gillingham. Gillingham. So Hassan Dollar dives, whatever. They get a penalty kick, and um, it's it's at Gillingham. And I remember this one idiot behind the goal goes, Oh, just hit it, hit it low. The big yank won't get it. Guy hits a low just inside the post. I get a hand to it, I dive on it, I kick the ball, ref blows the whistle. We win one nil. And I just, I was, I don't know. I didn't quite get, I could have gotten killed by doing this, but I turn around, give it the, you know, can't hear you. I pointed yeah. right at, I kind of knew who said it in that area. I pointed right at him. I go, you know, I gave him a little bit of, you know, two finger thing. And um, luckily I don't know how I didn't get fine. Anyways, you win the game. Next day we come into like treatment training stuff and, and Thorpey comes in and goes, big man, you were SHIT last night. And it, like, at first I was like, but wait, I saved the penalty in the last minute, didn't I? <laughs> so that was his humor. He's like, no, yeah. it means you're like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so he'd take the yeah. mickey. And, and, and so it took me a minute, and I was just like, oh, okay, I got it now. So it was good. Thorpey was – that was good forward. Yeah, amazing. Very, very good striker. And playing next to Thorpey is? Um, a guy, he is from Nigeria. This one's going to be a tough one. This one's going to be tough, okay? Nigerian International. He, um, his nickname was The Bull. He, uh, I'll give you a little hint. He played with me at FC Bruges. He was one of my first mates. We were, when I signed pro at 17, he was just 17. And I took him, I was, I was, my job was to take him under my wing um, as a youngster, because we were the two youngsters there and both foreign and, you know, away from home and that. Um, Has he played in England? He played for the blue side. He played, he, played, he played for the blue side of Liverpool. I think I got it. Go on, Marv. Scored a few goals. Yes, Amakachi. yes. Kamakachi, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kamakachi, yes. Kamakachi, I've known his name yeah. for years. Yeah, I didn't know he was at yeah. Bruges. I didn't know that. Yeah, he started out at Bruges. Man, I got some stories there. Whew. About racism and, and, and oh, it, it's, yeah. I helped Heavy. him through, I helped him through a lot, put it that way. Um, him and I went through a lot together being both 16, 17 away from home. He had to deal with being one of the first, he was the first black player to play for Bruce. Really? And I remember not to go, not to go too deep. Cause it's, no, it's, I know, it's not yeah. a fun story. Um, but, uh, so he's, he's, he's playing, uh, sorry, he's training with the team and, and we're playing a game and I see him starting to warm up. I'm like, yeah, my boy, you know, by this time, him and I are like boys, we're like, cause you have to be 18 to drive. So him and I are driving bikes. We're professional, but driving a bike to to and from training. Okay. And these little like Mary Poppins bikes with baskets and bells. It's just so, it's crazy. And anyways, so we're playing the game and he, he, uh, he's starting to warm up. I'm like, yeah, my boy's coming on, you know, he's going to, he's going to do it. So he comes on about 75th minute ref does the sign, whatever. And he comes on and we're at home. Okay. We're at home. And this shows you the time, man. I get goosebumps even thinking about it. So he comes, player comes off he comes on and some chants start going around 
our home field. These are our home fans, okay? So I'm like, you know, what the hell? Like, this is this is crazy, you know? Some uh, some negative chance. He goes and scores the winning goal, and they start celebrating. The same people. So it just shows you the hypocrisy of it. It's so dumb. Anyways, we finish the game. We win one nail from his goal. And you can see he's distraught. He's He, he had to deal with a lot of uh, racial abuse during that game. And what, what blew my mind was it was – kind of a majority of the, the stadium. It wasn't one or two, okay? This is back in 1987. So, so as we've come – it's still happening. We know that, but it's we've come a long way since then from what I've seen. Um, so, anyways, we're driving home on our bikes, and he's just – he starts bawling, you know? And I just – I get – I stop him. I pull him. I go, I go, hey, man, look. I go, that – I go, what happened when you – I go, I know I, – I heard what they were saying, but what happened when they scored? He goes, they celebrated. I go, yeah. So what does that show you? And he goes, I don't know. I go, it shows you how dumb they are. I go, those people, I know it's hard, but you cannot let those people affect what you are because they are below you. If they're chanting that and then celebrating that, I go, they shouldn't have any. Uh, I know it affects you. I get that. But I so you got to be strong right now. You got to take a buck and you got to understand those boys in the locker room got your back. Those boys around you got your back. They're just very uneducated people who are contradicting themselves on a major scale, you know, and they have no soul. They have no ethic. They have no, they, they are just basically, they need a lot to learn. I go, you are so far above them. It's laughable. So just stay strong and understand that one day that, that will, that will change. That will change. Will it ever be gone? You're always going to have idiots. You, yes. you know, you you look at what's happening, you know, with the players at Manchester United and they're sitting, you know, these people sit behind their computer and they can write whatever they want on Twitter and whatever. And there's no, so, you know, now I have my own feelings of what we should do. And for me, that is one social media has to have, you know, and again, I apologize for going dark here and, and whatever, but they have to have a way to find out who it is. So when you sign up for Facebook, you have a picture, you have a social security number, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're at, boom, we know who you are. So that'll stop a lot of it. You still have idiots. But, and if you are, forget being banned, let's say from Manchester United. If you do any of those comments, you are banned from football top to bottom, not for one year, forever or 10 years, whatever. Just go super hard, mm. you know? And even then you're still going to get it. But I'm just saying at least we can kind of, because it's just, it's stupid. It's, you know, and, and for the person that they're talking to, it hurts. You know, it's like you can't, you know, it's it's it's, it's hard to just brush it off. You know, you just go oh, like, man, like, like you, know? you said, don't ban them from Man United, just ban them full stop because you, know, you, you only, you only get people to start trying to pretend to be someone else's supporter to get exactly. that team. You know what I mean? And like that team exactly. like in trouble by just yeah. acting on behalf of that team when they don't even support that team. So, yeah, totally exactly. agree with you. Totally agree with you. You know, so yeah, Amakasi, he was a great forward, strong. Strong, just, he was strong. He would get, man, he would, you know. So, again, we have a – I'm probably going to lose a couple games with this attacking team, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> I think – I say, from memory, Amakasi and Tony Thorpe never trapped back. So, yeah, good luck. Oh, Mate, you know, you, know you said you got, at the start of the pod you were going to play 8-1-1. I think you've gone one one eight. Really, I have. 
and I apologize to Steve. He's going to have to hold those as well. Unless we're losing one nil, he can go up. But I got Rio and Carrick. They're going to have to hold, and the rest are just going to attack. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, it's not it's not necessarily your job. Who's the manager? I mean, which? Oh, it could be a yeah. coach of someone in your career. Who's the manager okay. or, or the person and you've you've played for that has made you feel that they've got the greatest respect from you? I mean, they've all got respect from you, but I'm just saying, there's, we want you to choose one. Okay, so manager, Redknapp, uh, he took me under my, he signed me twice, took me under his wing. My second spell, he had an injury to Shaka Hislop. He called me in. I played some games for him and did a job. Um, he was great for me. The one I learned the most from and I felt was just on a different level, not many people know this. I had a short spell at Arsenal the year after they won that season. Um, I was on trial there for three months. So I got to train with Henri, Vieira, you know, all those guys. So David Seaman, they were looking for a backup for him. So I was kind of floating around trying to find a team, and they, they found out I was there. So I went in there, trained for about three months. I was an inch away from, from getting signed. And, um, man, what I learned from that guy. It was, it was a different level. It was more mental. He would do mental training. Um, he would, he would, he would, he, he just, he just knew what to say, when to say it. Um, and I think I learned probably more from him in those three months. And that's not disrespecting. Look, no, no. Great. They were all great. And I've had some great managers, but um, I learned more from, from, from him. That, that was just a different, it just took it to a different level, which it's Arsenal. I mean, that, that team was, was insane, you know? So yeah. I, would, I would, as manager, it would be Arsene Wenger. Okay. Yeah. So he can deal with their yeah. personalities and keep them holding when they need to hold and go forward when they need to go forward. And I'll let him deal with that. And he was never worried about defending anyway, Arsene Wenger. He never replaced the it's, Arsenal back four. So, so it works yeah. out perfect. Yeah, it worked <laughs> out perfect. <laughs> okay, Ian, so that's fantastic. I mean, you, you, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier on, I mean, just for some of the listeners and i mean some of the luton fans who loved you dearly while while you was at the club and stuff just let everyone know what you're doing now um well first off just to have a chance to talk to luton fans as well like what a i mean the love affair it was just amazing i mean they treated me like royalty um my best times i just think is you know i had two major clubs with west ham and luton both of them were just such an honor to play for and the fans were great um you know, and, and to wear the shirt of Luton and walk out and see the fans and, 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 and just play for the badge was, was such an honor. And, um, you know, it'll be something that I'm always cherishing. So um, at the moment, um, I run my own goalkeeping academy um, here in Southern California, Premier Goalkeeping Academy. I've worked with uh, MLS teams. I was with Galaxy for 10 seasons, won a couple championships with them um, while I was there during the Beckham years. Um, so we had a really good team, Beckham, Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan. I mean, we had an amazing team. Uh, worked with the national team with Tim Howard and on the women's side with Hope Solo. Um, work at various universities. I'm at USC as well, coaching their goalkeepers there. So I kind of just freelance with uh, coaching goalkeepers around the country and in, in, in Southern California. And my son uh, now, who just turned 19, is uh, who was born in England. And uh, he's trying to get uh, to play over in England. He's a million times better than his dad. Goalie? Goalkeeper? Yeah, Ro- What's that? Is he a goalkeeper? He's a goalkeeper. He's uh, yeah. rosy colored glasses aside. I mean, anybody out there, man, I'm telling you. He, first off, he has, a, he has a passport. 
Um, he's six four, but he moves like a five ten. He's smart. He's calm. He's good with his feet. He's way better with his feet when his dad was. Dad was shocking with his feet. Um, and, and he is uh, brave as his dad, though. Oh, he's brave too. Yeah, he, that, he, okay, I know. Okay, well, listen. Brave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was very brave. But listen, I mean, that's the. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, listen, you do. You didn't even think. You just come flying out, and it was just like bang. Yeah. I'm getting I myself the, in the way of it. Yeah, I love the aggression side of it. And he's pretty aggressive, man. So he's uh, – and he's a free transfer. So he's – I'm trying to get him a, a few teams over there. There's about five or six teams that want to look at him. Um, but right now, everybody's in a bubble. So it's hard to get a tryout, you know. And uh, hard so, to get a flight. Uh, I'm sorry? It's hard to get a flight over there probably as well. Well, the flights – now it opened up again. You can fly. The problem is um, – bringing an outside player into their bubble it's it's like no one's until they release some of those restrictions i think it's going to be tough you know but in all honesty so, so yeah. sorry did you did you say he's got an english passport as well he has a belgian passport at the moment right he qualifies for a british passport because okay. of brexit we, we had a belgian but he qualifies for british he was born there um he, he qualifies for all that so we're um hopefully in the next week or two gonna right. have that in hand um so yeah we've been uh been talking to you know with Luton and a yeah. couple other teams and, and just seeing but he's good mate he's good and he's got a good, good head on his shoulders so it's interesting it'll be fun to see if he can land with uh a team out there and it'll be you know a dream come true for him and uh yeah just just plugging away and just coaching my goalkeepers here from my academy and seeing where it takes me you know one day maybe become a manager of a team and hopefully I can put a team like I just put out there <laughs> i think that would scare the crap out of any team but also make some excited on the other side because the fence get a crap out of you as a manager bit. wouldn't it scare the crap out of you as a manager yeah there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> excitement scare yeah it's an attacking team for sure brilliant Excellent. fabulous fabulous well um thank you so much yeah. for your time ian um, it was lovely talking to you, lovely catching up um, with you, especially Luton fans in particular will be, um, and West Ham fans, as you say, who haven't heard from you, seen you or anything. So it's great to hear from you. And that was Ian Foyer's My Best Eleven. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe at My Best Eleven Pod and leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Best Eleven Pod. Email my best 11 pod at gmail.com.